Hello and welcome to Talk Ag to Me, the podcast dedicated to improving ag literacy around the globe. I'm your host, Brennan Black, and in today's episode, we're going to be talking about cows. Woohoo! So Yay. with us <laughs> to talk about this topic is our one and only cow fangirl, Abby Prince. Hi, guys. Yeah, I'm super big on cows. That is pretty much my life. I've grown <laughs> up on it, and I'm studying in college for it. So yep. I'm in so. with it for the long haul. Yep. So Abby's here, and I hope you guys would know who she is by now. She was one of our former co-hosts on this show. Before so, I left. Before she <laughs> left us and abandoned us. <laughs> I had so, to go to school, Brendan. You know, Jeez. you know, you know, it's okay. Whatever. So something about it. She's still talking ag up in Washington, so we'll give her that. But anyways, for those of you who don't know, uh, this past Tuesday at the time of this recording, uh, it was National Cow Appreciation Day. And so, you know, cow lovers all across the, the country were posting pictures of their favorite cows and, and their experiences with cows. I was posting pictures of my heifer, who's soon to be a cow, and you're posting pictures of your cows. And everyone was just happy with, the, you know, with their big old uh, milk dogs. So it was... Um, Seriously. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> it was a pretty uh, fun day, and it kind of gave me an idea that in the ag industry, especially in the dairy industry and a lot of the cattle-based industries, there's a lot of focus on keeping cows happy because, you know, cows keep us happy. Not only do they make us money, but just taking care of cattle and, and the general sorry, <laughs> the general day-to-day deeds that we do when taking care of our cattle just bring us joy. So I thought it'd be kind of appropriate to have an episode where we talk about cattle, um, both in the professional sense, but also in the enjoyment sense, and a little bit in the ag literacy sense, because cows are possibly one of the most well-known farm animal, I would say. I would completely agree. And one of the easiest to teach people about ag with. So, um, yeah, I think it'd be kind of... I think, like, the old McDonald's song, like, that's all I just popped in my head. I think the cow is the very first animal you talk about. Right, that's the first one you learn. And everyone pretty much learned. Yeah, so, like, when you Don't quote me on it, though. Pretty much like every... Like, that's not the real thing. <laughs> right. So, like, I, ha- I have nieces. Every time we go and get them, like, a, like a toy set that's relating to farms, all of them have a cow. Not all of them have a pig or a chicken or a horse, but all of them have a cow. Yes. Gotta have a cow. Yeah. Big old Holstein cow. I love so, it. <laughs> I so, love yeah. It. So, I think it's safe to say that the world's unanimously agrees that cows are pretty awesome. Heck yeah. So, I think that it'd be kind of, you know doing it justice if we could talk about some cows and share some experiences, some stories, some, you know, what we know about cows, what we what we appreciate about cows, and yeah. So you want to start us off with, uh, what, you know, your opinion on cows? All right. I have a very extensive, <laughs> very extensive background with dairy animals. I, um, most, no, nah, we're going to start from the beginning. Um, yeah, I used to raise and show dairy heifers right. for our fair a lot of kids do that. It's pretty common. Uh, through the Tillery FFA program, go people. <laughs> you don't really have a mascot, so just go people. Um, I have also been involved in the California Junior Holstein Association, which is full of youth learning about dairy cows, learning about the dairy industry, and um, it's just a really great thing to be involved in. Um, they also have dairy trivia, which what I have been most involved in. It's called Dairy Bowl. They also have Dairy Jeopardy, like Jeopardy on TV, but dairy. Nice. Pretty cool. Um, recently with Dairy Bowl, um, my team and I went to Wisconsin, America's Dairyland, another fun fact for you, and we won Dairy Bowl, so I will go back um, to my role as the assistant coach, the national assistant coach, and hopefully one day become the official national coach. I'd be excited. That is one of my goals. Well, whenever you reach that goal, you have to come back and tell us about it. Heck yeah, I am. <laughs> so, um, there's that. I 
as like in leadership roles as well in the FFA, um, being a dairy show team leader, helping new kids who've never shown before, teach them about the dairy animal, that kind of thing. And then um, another recent is Dairy Princess. I was one of them. Haley Fernandez, you've seen her on the show before. She was also Dairy Princess the same time I was. And so we have a lot of background in doing a lot more of the ag literacy, oh my goodness, ag literacy side of the dairy industry through Dairy Princess. Mm -hmm. And so that was always really fun. And then at WCU, I've also been really involved with the dairy industry, I mean, through my classes, through different research projects, working with professors, being connected to other people through the professors. So, I mean, it's pretty extensive. If you ask me, like, hey, do you know so-and-so in the dairy industry? It's probably a yes. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's a safe bet. So you, you kind of, at the end there, touched on a little bit about your experiences with, with the dairy industry up in Washington. I know yes. you've been having some... Um, Pretty interesting experiences with your research. Is there anything about that you can tell us at this point in time? So, last October, um, one of my professors, her name is Dr. Johnson, shout out to you. <laughs> yeah, just shout out to Dr. Johnson, she's pretty cool. She has a ruminant nutrition laboratory, okay. and cows are considered ruminants. They right. have um, one very large stomach, but there's multiple compartments. Right. So, chambers. they're called polygastric, and we are considered monogastric. We only have one stomach right. compartment. So that's kind of another fun fact. <laughs> um, so she has a room in a nutrition laboratory. I've been doing a lot of feed analysis there, more like nutrition work. Mm -hmm. And so kind of just taking a look at the feed samples, doing dry matter, so all the feed without the water. Mm -hmm. That's what it looks like. Um, so I've been doing a lot of analysis on that. That's been really cool, looking at fiber and starch and protein and sugar and that kind of stuff. And then in January, I got to start a dairy genomics research project. And so nice. this is kind of my more like expert level stuff. Um, I took majority of the genome of the 800 animals that I have in my, in my study. And um, I looked at three big physical factors of protein and fat in milk, as well as the somatic cell count, which is just your white blood cells in the milk. And so um, I looked at those to see if they were related at all to any specific genes, and there actually are. And so I had a lot of significant <laughs> stuff come out of my study. Wow. So I hope that one day that can get back to dairymen looking at different genes, like, okay, I want to select gene number 5,300,023, right. and I want it to be gene A. Huh. And that's what I want it to be. That's so crazy. that's kind of what I've been looking at. And then um, we have a little small dairy at WCU. I mean, we milk like 250 cows. Okay. It's really tiny, um, like built in the 1960s. So <laughs> okay. it's a little so, outdated, a little but um, we have a program up there called CUDS. And so it's Cooperative University Dairy Students. And we have 14 students run that entire dairy. Mm. And we have, I think like two out of school people that come in and like milk cows so everybody's in class or they help do like the extra maintenance on the dairy but everything else is run by the students and so that's been a really big eye-opener a lot of those kids that are on that team do not have any dairy experience whatsoever hmm. like have never seen a dairy cow in their life interesting and they're like heck yeah let's go do yeah. this and so they go do it and they're absolutely amazing at huh. it that's awesome yeah so that's been a lot of cool stuff that we do at wsu so go kooks and <laughs> look it up <laughs> nice that's really cool all right well um I suppose I give you a little bit of my background with uh, cattle overall and then just cows. Um, I did not show dairy throughout high school. I was not a dairy princess, unfortunately. <laughs> I did not, uh, didn't make it past first round. Um, <laughs> but um, no, I, 
was not okay. But all right, keep going. You're good. I um, no, I I've been uh, around around cows my whole life. You know, I grew up uh, with my dad spraying flies on dairy, so I was you know always seeing you know big old black and white cows walking through their corrals, and so it was kind of something that um, I had a lot of experience, and it wasn't something that I particularly took an interest in until I was later in high school. But once I did, I started showing steers and. Um, towards the end of my uh, steer showing days, I got a heifer. So my heifer is um, about six months bred right now. All um, right. So she's supposed to pop out sometime in September, hopefully. Um, hoping it's a heifer because then I can have a little little operation going. But cool. you know, I'll, I'll take a bull. You know, just sear it off, sell it on the side. But that's beside the point. So hey, money's money. Money's money. <laughs> but um, so yeah, no, I I've always had a um, basically since I, I started getting involved with cattle in, in my freshman year, I've always had kind of a connection to cows um, specifically. I mean, obviously steers and bulls are fine, um, but cows are just a little bit more interesting to work with. I think the guys tend to be a little bit less intelligent so they tend to be a little bit less interesting i agree i i, I don't maybe that's just me but i feel like heifers and cows just have a little bit more personality to them a little oh bit. yes each one of them has their own character yes and, and i could and definitely see that i've met a few that are fairly sassy that i wasn't a fan of but you know it My happens <laughs> but um yeah so i i've i've done a lot on the um just the tulare school farm alone i was i was able to help out a lot um with mr Maderis with uh, you know, whether it be taking out, you know, new calves that were just born, taking them out into the hutch, or helping with uh, hoof trimming with the, with the student projects whenever they're out there, or helping a kid break their heifer, or um, helping um, organize corrals and move move heifers and cows from pen to pen, or help with the milking, or whatever it may be. Um, I've worked on several dairies, so I mean, I, I have had experiences working with the cows, whether it be waking them up in the morning, you know, rise and shine ladies at dinner, or it's breakfast time, or or uh, late at night milking the hospital pens, which nobody likes to do, but it's got to get done. Those cows need to have the their milk taken out, but um, yeah, no, it's, it's just, being around cows is, is an experience that if you don't, if you don't ever truly get in the corrals with them you don't get it like people like people can all can say that they that they love cows and they see cows and like oh it's so cute but until you actually get to work with them you do not get that true feeling of you know appreciation for the cows which is not to say that people can't appreciate cows that haven't worked with them because i know plenty of people that have never even seen a cow in real life that say they love cows which is great Hey, glad they do. I like it. But I would encourage them to come out and actually see the cow and work yeah. with the cow and pet the cow because I feel like they'll like it a whole lot more and they'll appreciate what the cow's job is, which kind of brings me to the next segment that I was thinking of, which was why should we appreciate cows? Man, there's a lot of reasons. <laughs> so I mean, seriously, I think if we're going, so we're going a little bit more of the dairy route this this uh, episode. I you know we'll touch on some beef stuff too, but really in in the beef industry, cows aren't quite as significant uh, because. They're not the main meat providers. And well, they're definitely run differently than the dairy industry. Correct. And the in, the, in the dairy right. industry, females are ideal. They're, they're desired. That's what the dairy industry is. Right. Which, well, <laughs> that's, that's pretty much what it is. I'm just saying that you, well, you can't have the females above the males, obviously, but the females are more desirable than the males in a commercial sure. setting. Yeah, if but, you look at any dairy, if you, pat, if you drive by a dairy, I guarantee 99 to 100% of the animals you see are all female. female. Yep. All and of them. whereas in the beef operation, males tend to be more desirable because they pack on weight a lot faster and they're right. more and they're more easier to yeah. um, regulate their their weight gain and their fat and their fat to muscle ratio and that sort of thing. And plus females uh, they tend to not want to slaughter females as much just because they need them for breeding purposes. It's right. similar to, to bulls in the dairy Pretty industry. Small so yeah, it's it's yeah. kind of just one of those things. So it's it's not 
not that we're not going to talk about the, the beef industry or cows in the beef industry. They're in this just episode. a little different. They're a little bit, a little bit different. Not, not quite as, um, as uh, what, what you think of when you're talking about cows. I agree. So going back to yeah, the original question. Yeah, picture a cow. You pick you, a black and white cow. Black and white cow. Maybe a brown cow. Maybe, maybe some jerseys. If you're there. really feeling it, yeah. <laughs> See, I personally prefer Holsteins as well. Oh, so all, yes. all side of you there. Holstein all the way. Uh, I know some some dairy farmers in in my in our hometown, Tulare, that would uh, you have fight a favorite, us on that. Though. But it happens. You have a favorite. It's I, not like you can ride the fence. Like, it's, oh it's yeah, true. I'm 50-50. No, no, you're like you have a favorite. Even if you even if you have both, you you know you prefer one. Your or favorite the other. one over the other. Yeah. See, yeah, and for me, it's Holsteins. It's a thing. I like red Holsteins as well. Well, but whole scenes overall. I do like of, the red ones, but the black and white. Black and white is just it's classic. You know where do you get? You can't be classic. I agree. So, anyways, back to the question. Right, which question? Why should we appreciate cows? What are some of the things that cows do for us? All right, so they produce this most, the most amazing milk ever. <laughs> Bring out my dairy princess now. <laughs> so, milk has nine essential nutrients that are all very important to your health. Three of them are under-consumed by Americans. So drink more milk and you will be on the right track of having the correct nutrients. Milk is 96 to 98% digestible. Wow. It is nature's most nearly perfect food. When they take the milk from the farm to get processed into milk, butter, cheese, ice cream, whatever you could think of as a dairy product, once it gets processed there and goes to the grocery store, the only thing added to milk is a vitamin. Hmm. Need be, if it needs to be. Right. And that would be like whole milk. Like it'd be fortified with vitamin D, which fortified means adding vitamin. Right. But if you look at the ingredients, it's milk, water, vitamins. Hmm. That's literally it. They don't put anything else in there. Right. And so for people that are like, ah, I don't really know what's in my food. If you look at the ingredients on the milk package. Right. It's, it's all there. It's all there. Yeah, um, not gonna lie. The milk is just so nutritious for you. It's the most perfect food because it doesn't have any like processed or like weird stuff in it. It's just natural, mm-hmm. and it's so good for you. And it has all these nutrients. If you could live off of milk, you would be able to survive and be nutritious. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Well, that's definitely a uh, I'd say a major advantage to cows. You know, giving us milk. Um, it's in the grocery store. It's pretty cheap. <laughs> that's for sure. So, what about the um, the kind of less known uh, advantages that cows provide us? Can you tell us about that? So a lot of people are kind of freaking out, especially in California with the whole methane mm-hmm. problem, but it's really not a problem. Um, well, at least not produced by the dairy. Like, it, right. methane is produced by the dairy industry. It's just a natural factor. I'm pretty sure humans also produce methane. I'm pretty gas. sure any animal bit. Everybody does. It's just what it is. Yeah. Everybody so the fun facts thing of why we should also appreciate cows is people are trying to develop a biofuel mm. from methane right. and use it in um, semi-trucks as well as buses. And so that would be just another way that we can help preserve the planet and mm. be like environmentally friendly is reusing methane into biofuel. Hmm. So that's kind of cool. I thought that was pretty interesting, but I'm kind of like a nutrition <laughs> person. And so I thought that was very cool that we can appreciate cows for producing enough methane to be able to help protect protect our environment further yeah definitely so you know saving saving the planet one cow at a time heck yeah man exactly (laughs) so yeah man that'd be a good slogan yeah so i I actually have a little bit of a tangent i want to go on with that route and i meant to bring this up at at some point i actually did just clicked in my head again but one of the reasons that we need to appreciate cows more than ever is because and not to get political but there are certain people that 
find it would be advantageous, environmentally speaking, to eradicate all cows in the world. I've never heard that before. You haven't heard that. Okay. I have not. So there was a proposed plan. It's called the Green New Deal. Oh, I know what that is. And is and that what was in one there? of the one of the points? It's got a whole list of points that are supposed to um, improve the environmental efficiency of the Earth within oh. within ten years. Interesting. And it involves um, you know uh, banning all air travel. Uh, banning uh, just it, it, it had a whole lot of yeah. different and one of the big points on there that was um, kind of kind of an interesting one that a lot of people kind of had backlash against which a lot of people had backlash against a good portion of, of, the, of the items listed but one of the big ones was that um, that the the plan was supposed to eradicate all cows in the world within 10 years Wow! to reduce methane emissions which they're fools so <laughs> sorry, but so it goes. It goes back to my point. It, if people are are buying that, which not many are, I mean, many people even that support that that um, the politician that proposed that idea still thought that that idea was a little bit too radical, a little bit too extreme, and and it was kind of yeah, it was it was kind of kind of pushed aside as you know. Sure, we'll we'll go with that eventually, kind of idea. But if if that I, if that mentality were to be encouraged, then like kind of my point was all the more reason we need to support our cows now because we need them around. Yeah. You know? Well, one of my dairy bowl questions is um, how much or how many what percent of greenhouse gases produced are produced by the dairy industry? It's only two percent. Right. And I mean was- that's really not that much no. considering how much is produced by cars mm-hmm. by everything else that we have right i mean cars are obviously the biggest one which is why i can only state that one but <laughs> no i but mean yeah, seriously two percent is really not that much right there's there's plenty of, of mechanical uses that or mechanical operations that are producing way more than than any dairy is but oh, that's just yes. people like to talk about that by but <laughs> um but yeah, that's besides that was just a tangent that I just thought of um, when you when you were talking about the whole methane thing. It just clicked into my head. Oh yeah, they're trying to kill the cows. Oh yeah. Actually, what's kind of interesting before I get off on that point, what's kind of interesting is um, this proposed deal was um, one of the only things I've ever seen in all my in all of my years of studying um, animal rights, of studying uh, farmer and consumer relationships, of studying the history of agriculture and and how. Uh, it's it, how the consumer's view of agriculture has changed over time. This is one of the very few instances I've seen in which animal rights activists and farmers agree for once. Because the animal rights activists don't want them to kill the cows, and the farmers also don't want them to kill the cows. I it's, believe it. It's kind of the first, it's a little incredible. Wow. The the animal rights activists, a lot of the, a lot of the organizations, That's PETA cool. and, and you know, HSUS, were like, hey, let's not kill the cows. You know, I we 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 can Finally, re- everybody's on the right page. <laughs> right, we can all agree the cows should not be killed in that way. I agree. And so it was kind of interesting to see. Just kind of that just kind of popped into my head. But yeah, it's just it's just a show to kind of go back to our theme of today. Everyone can appreciate cows, whether whether they're on one side of of an, uh, of an argument or not, or they're on the other side. Everyone mutually agrees that cows are to be appreciated for what they do and for and for existing and so yeah they kind of just kind of just can a, I call a, for a teaching moment now to tangent off of yes go ahead animal rights slash welfare I know yes. that there's a difference there is and we did an episode on it if you haven't seen it go check that out I actually had her in it um, but go ahead that's been a while ago so it's sorry. been a long time um, we'll do a revamp episode so talking about the dairy industry a little bit 
and like animal rights activists, mm -hmm. they get very upset that after a cow calves, we pull the calf away. Right. And so a lot of people don't understand why this happens. And the biggest reason is safety. Mm. So after the cow calves, calf drops to the floor, cow licks her off, makes sure that she's all clean and that mm. she's good. But then after that, she just goes over and just starts eating. She's yep. drinking water. She's trying to, I mean, I'm sure that after birth, like that's like a very strenuous time right. in an animal or a human's life. And so, yeah, you're going to want to eat and you're going to want to <laughs> drink some water. Yeah. You just want to go lay down for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But after the cow calves, there's no motherly connection. Right. And that's just how dairy animals were built. Mm -hmm. I mean, to be cut and clear about that, we pull the calf away so then the mom doesn't step on the calf. Right. Whether it be by accident or just, you know, something happened. But, right. That's kind of, um, yeah, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. There, there have been even people in the ag industry that I've talked to that, um, not in the cattle industry, but in other industries that have always been confused about that. You know, why do you take the babies away from their moms? So it's not because... You know, we want to. It's all just you know. It's, it's to keep you know the animals in in good in good health. Well, and, and kind of like a, a funny story to go on along with this. So my coach Kirsten, her and her husband have a dairy in Los Banos, mm. and so we would do our practices there. And um, at one of our practices, a cow calf. So the girls, um, the other, well, the junior team, we all went out and we went to go like see. Hey, like, let's go see the new calf. So the mom is eating and she's like, well, she left off her calf. She went to go eat. And so we got a wheelbarrow to put the calf in so we can move it to the calf hutch. Right. We're all, hey, like, we're going we're gonna to take your baby now. <laughs> right, are you good? Yeah. Like, she's just eating. Not even caring. Put the calf the in the wheelbarrow. Okay, we're really leaving now. <laughs> like, yeah. are you no, sure it's... this is okay? Right. And the animal has no connection after that. Right. She's there to eat, drink water chill out and yep. produce milk and she's just there to relax yep. and it's kind of which we'll have to do a full episode on the whole animal rights thing and the whole phenomenon of of the reproductive cycle of livestock because it's kind of an interesting topic that a lot of people tend to not really understand fully how, how it works humans are one of the few animals that actually stays with its offspring and just cares for it in a, in a, in a like family manner yeah actually it's one of it's i think it's very maternal right it's because there there are plenty of i mean there's plenty of species out there that will the mother will stay with the with the young until they're old enough like birds will do it and you know certain like certain animals will do it mm -hmm. but humans are one of the only ones that actually have a family dynamic they have a, they have a mother father pair that raises the young together i mean there's no other animal family in history that i can think of that, that does that effectively especially not in livestock livestock they tend to just have, and like you said, it's just how their brains are wired. It has nothing to do with, you know, it's not it's not that the cow's a bad mom. Her right. her entire purpose in, in her creation is to produce milk and to produce babies. Yeah. And, and when she's doing both of those things, then she's happy. She can move on with the rest of her day. She basically lives at a resort. Yes. She gets she, free food, free water, free, very comfortable bedding. Yes. And we relieve her of milk. And babies. And babies. <laughs> and she's happy. And she doesn't have to take care of the babies. You do that for no, her. No, Everything is, is, she's just doing her own thing. And yeah, no, it's really funny because I even had a, kind of a similar story as to the one you were telling. Um, I was in, I was in my vet science class with, with Mrs. Williams and we were watching Milan because it was like, you know, the week before school was supposed to end. We just weren't doing anything. We were just hanging out. And um, Medeiros comes in the room. He says, hey, Brennan, cow just calf. Can you help me grab the calf? I was like, yeah. And he's like, actually, he grabs another kid. And he's like, can you help him? And I was like, sure. And so the kid 
that you sent with me hadn't really had a whole lot of experience working with cattle before. Okay. So we go in the pen, and there's just, you know, they will Holstein cow standing there, her baby's on the ground, and I was like, you know, hey, how's it going? Walking over, kind of petting her face, and she's not doing anything. I'm going to grab the calf, and Holstein calves are a little heavier. <laughs> yeah, they're like 90 pounds. <laughs> yeah, in the yeah. So you're picking up like a sixth grader. Right. And, and this, <laughs> in like this. And this thing's like long, so I'm having like, you know, struggling to try to pick it up on my own. They're a little awkward. So I'm like, hey, can you grab the back feet of this thing? Let's just pick it up. The hutch is right next to the pen. Let's just drag it out and put it in the hutch real quick. Okay. Not drag it out. That sounded bad. Pick it up and move it into the hutch real quick. I got what you meant. <laughs> and, and so I was doing it, and the cow's kind of like, you know, she's she's not like aggressive, but she wants to know what's going on. You know, she's kind of she's just interested, like, right? Yeah. Because they're curious animals. It's not like she was like, "That's they my kid. So I'm, I'm gonna kill you," kind of thing. No, like, they're really curious. No, yeah, she was just like kind of sniffing around. Oh she's gonna kill goodness. us. I was like, I promise oh, you, she doesn't care. And I was like, come here, and he's like, why? I was like, just come here. I, I brought him over. I had him put his hand on her nose. And then she kind of like sat there and she walked away. Didn't didn't bother us the rest of the day. We just carried the calf Aww. over, put it in the hutch. We actually left the gate open. She didn't even go anywhere. She just stood there. Put the calf in the hutch. Put the put the panel up to try to keep the calf in there. Close the gate and everything was fine. I was like, you see, the cow doesn't care that we're taking her baby. She just wants to know what's going on. You know, she's just a curious animal. That's, yeah, that's what they are. But yeah, that that was a kind of a, it was just a, a, a tangent on a tangent on a tangent on a tangent. But back to the. Back to the uh, episode at hand, cow appreciation. So I thought that kind of a, a fun way to um, possibly wrap up this episode would be to do a little bit of myth busting about cows. Okay, hit me with this. So, and these are just let's things, see what I know. These these are things that I've legitimately heard people ask questions about or or answer questions about right. that um, have been incorrect. Okay. So, and not to say, you know, anything about the people who said them, but these are just, these are just things that I want to clear up for anyone listening. Probably should have done this in the beginning, just in case people didn't listen to the Oh, thing. that's okay. It's okay. But, so yeah, so I'm going to say a statement. Okay. And, I'm, spoiler warning, they're all false. They're all myths. But I want <laughs> so you, fact or myth, huh? <laughs> but I want you to correct the myth. Okay. So... The first one I'm going to go with is chocolate milk comes from brown cows. I knew that was going to be the first one you were going to say. <laughs> it's the most common one, and, and it's it's kind of a joke, a little bit of a joke in the dairy Myth. community, but a lot of people like like to joke around, you know, people people think the chocolate milk comes from brown cows, but it actually is a thing that the people have yeah, said like that. Yeah, there's like 16% of people which is believe a, that. Which is a little bit upsetting, and it's not that, like... It is their fault, but it's not, I have a hard time blaming them just because they, they're not really taught in schools anymore but that's why we're here you know we're here to teach them so go ahead okay so when any (laughs) colored cow black white red brown human purple yeah goat okay seriously any mammal (laughs) that produces milk goes in well for cows goes in the parlor Mm -hmm. we hook up the milking machine she's just hanging out usually like dairymen have a little snack there for her and she's just munching on that she gets milked, all milk comes out white. To make it chocolate, they add a chocolate flavoring. Strawberry milk, they add strawberry flavoring. Like if you wanted banana milk, you don't just have a yellow cow that produces banana <laughs> yeah, milk. It'd be a little awkward. So just have a rainbow um, cow. Fun fact though, the Guernsey Guernsey yes, the Guernsey breed produces a golden color of milk. Which is due to the beta carotene in the milk, right? Yes. So, just a little fun fact. So theirs is not completely white. It has a gold tint, but um, 
Otherwise, all milk is white, and whatever flavoring you want will be added in later. Which is worth mentioning with Guernsey milk. It's a little bit of an exception because Guernsey milk is also higher in vitamin A, which is what gives it that goldish right. color. So yeah. it's also a difference in nutritional value too. So yes. standard milk with the, with the new standard nutri nutritional content is going to be white. Yes. So, I mean, unless there's some kind of illness or something, which even then it's usually white, I believe. No, it's but, white. Um, yeah, so anyway, so yeah, that was the first myth I wanted to kind of, because it's one of the most common ones I've heard. I knew it's, that was going to be the it's, first one. <laughs> it's something that I just, you know, had to clarify. So myth number two. So this is the one that I've heard, not a lot, but I've heard it a couple times. It's kind of, it's, it's, and I know we've kind of talked about it already, but it's something that people just don't really, I guess they don't put two two together. Okay. Um, people tend to not understand that a cow has to produce an offspring to produce milk. Gotcha. To be in lactating at all. Okay, so easiest way to compare this to is, um, actually, I'm gonna go briefly through a short life cycle. Okay. So you have a calf, it can be compared to a human baby. Right. It grows up as a heifer, she is still virgin, like she's never been pregnant before. Mm -hmm. It's like a teenager. Right. She's growing, she's figuring what stuff is. Um, after she gets bred, she's pregnant for nine months, just like a human is, so still good comparison. Um, both are mammals. And then once a cow calves, just like a human gives birth, they both start lactating. Okay. Just a simple concept. Um, then once the cow calves, they have a waiting period of about roughly 60 to 90 days, depends on the dairyman, usually it's about 60. Mm -hmm. They breed her again, so then she's pregnant for another nine months, and that's the rest of the year. Um, and then she dries off, so she's not producing milk, closer to like the last two months of her pregnancy, um, just so then she can really focus on um, the growing of the fetus and of the mm -hmm. baby. Um, and then after that, at nine months, she calves and she produces milk again. So just like a human, eventually, like you stop producing milk, and then you have another baby, you produce milk again. Right. So yeah, like I said, it's not something that I've I've heard a lot of, but it is a misconception out there so, that I have heard before. Um, kind of another one, and this this one you'll have to go into. Cows are mammals too. Right. <laughs> this one I think is pretty simple. We don't have to go into a full discussion about it, but one I've heard before, and this kind of goes with the general ag literacy topic. Mm -hmm. People not knowing where their food comes from. There are people who, if you ask if you ask them where their milk comes from, they say it comes from the grocery store. I was so I it's that just was gonna it's be next one too. I was gonna say that one, but I really that one's pretty simple. Cows are mammals, they lactate just like every other mammal. So it's not really something we need to go into a ton of depth about, but yeah, they have mammary glands, they produce offspring, therefore they lactate. Yep. So yep, same same as any other mammal, and same for, for milk goes for every other product. It comes from some kind of animal, and I should specify animal product, comes from some, some from, comes from some kind of animal, doesn't just appear in a store. Right. Um, it's just something I wanted to go over real quick. Yep. Um, let me see. I'll, I'll come up with a couple more for you. All right. Just to kind of challenge you. Um, okay. <laughs> there was one that I heard, and this is a really kind of interesting one. Um, so there's a... For some reason, there's a massive um, misconception about the difference between a cow and a bull. Okay. So people tend to often think that bulls are brown or black, and they have horns, and they're big, and, and that they are... 
um, completely different animals from cows. And cows are black and white. They produce the milk, and they're like you know you can only you can only use a cow for milking. And they're and and kind of the problem with this is that people will tend to not associate a bull being a male and a cow being a female. They assume that there are male cows that can produce milk as well. Gotcha. And okay. so I'd like you to kind of go over that one okay. real quickly. This is also like a human. A female <laughs> can get pregnant and produce a baby and have and produce milk. The male is the one who provides the making of the baby. <laughs> right. And that's it. <laughs> so to give you a really weird example, and this one kind of blew my mind, so I have to bring it up. Okay. This is, and let me make this clear, this is not what I think a majority of consumers, even, even like poorly informed consumers think. This is just something I heard one time that just kind of blew my mind. All right, just some weird and I'm, random. I'm really hoping I didn't hear the guy right because it was a little bit loud in the room when he was talking to me, but I'm almost positive I did. Okay. So I was at um, I was at the farm show. I was at the uh, World Ag Expo, and I was working the COS education booth, and part of my job at the booth was I had to ask people questions as they were walking by about different – so they had to, like, spin a wheel. Whatever whatever category the wheel landed on, I had to ask them a question related to that topic. Oh, cool. So, yeah, it was, some, it was kind of fun. You know, and cool. if they got the question right, we give them, like, a little sticker or something like that. Or just, you know, kind of – so this guy, this guy walks by, and the guy had to be in his 40s or 50s, so it was a little bit of an older gentleman. Okay. And he comes by, spins the wheel, and it lands on animal science. Oh, so cool. I was like, okay, um, can you tell me the difference between a cow and bull? Fairly simple question. I, thought, I figured he would get it. And I'd ask it to a couple other people beforehand, and, and some of them got it, some of them were a little bit. One set of bulls for, for meat and the cows for milk, which I, I kind of gave it to them. I it's, can see it's, that. it's not wrong, but it's not completely right. Yeah. This guy said that. He said that, and he didn't specify which one's which, he said that one eats meat and one doesn't. Ooh. Which I was a little confused as to why he would think that. And my only guess is that. Because bulls are more aggressive, they would be seen as more carnivorously natured, oh. and cows wouldn't. That was my my thought process. But even okay. then, I'm not really sure That's where that a thought stretch. process. Yeah. yeah, because I'm not really sure where that came from. But that was kind of a more extreme situation of you know somebody not knowing the difference between a bull and a cow. Most people tend to you know think it's one's beef and one's dairy, or one's. Um, you know, big with horns and one's, you know, smaller and makes milk or, and that was actually my, my next myth buster is that uh, cows can't grow horns. That is actually a myth completely. Um, pretty sure it's the same in the beef industry. What we do is, um, there is a gene and, um, either you grow horns or they call it polled, which means you have no horns. Right. So it's just like flathead. Kind of like is, us. Which is, yeah, like she said, it's, it's a genetic predisposition. So, so going to... it's genetic. Um, with the dairy industry as well as the beef industry, at a certain age, roughly between three weeks and three months or so, yeah. sometimes it kind of depends on the farm that you're at. Right. Um, they will dehorn the animal. You get in it like, um, like a painkiller, so you can't feel it. Right. You get disbudded. Um, that's also for safety. Um, yeah, I guess like depends on the animal. They look pretty. Yeah. But um, it's definitely for safety because if you have two animals that can be aggressive at some point in their lifetime. Um, and they butt heads with another animal, they could make a puncture wound. They could mm -hmm. spread infection somehow. I mean, there's it's a really big safety factor. So if they're pulled or if you disbud them, they just butt heads like a human yeah. would and nothing happens. I've actually even heard of, of cattle butting heads and getting their horns locked and yes. then hurting each other that way. Mm -hmm. Either they tear a horn off or they run into something or oh, yeah. they, they do some pretty ugly stuff. So, also yeah. getting like horns stuck in the fence. Yeah, I've if heard they that can't get out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and, and there are... 
some people that will keep horns on their cattle as decoration if it's more like a like a trophy cattle instead of like commercial based cattle. And they're definitely separated from right. everyone else. They're separated from everyone else, and they usually have like weights on their horns to try to curve them down or curve them in a certain direction so they're not just pointing forward or pointing up so they don't hurt anybody. Right. But um, yeah, for the most part, horns are taken off or removed from the cattle. And also, not only is it genetically dependent um, on an individual level, but um, across most trends, it's dependent on a breed as well. Yes. So most um, most cattle breeds. Will, will have a, a, a either they're pulled or they're non-pulled. Mm -hmm. Some will be both. I mean, uh, herpers can be either pulled or non or, or non-pulled. Right. But um, there are many cattle like Angus are pulled and, and Holsteins are not pulled. That you know they kind of have. They're going to have one or the other. So also um, human safety, like not even just animal right. safety. If you have a herdsman that goes into um, a pen and you have an aggressive animal that's in there and has horns, that could definitely make a giant puncture mm -hmm. anywhere in your body and it's going to hurt. So. Also for human safety, yep. just to throw yep. that little tidbit in there. Yeah. So that was the last of my uh, my myths. So that's myth busting for cows. Heck yeah, man! I got all of those. <laughs> so and I actually was gonna wrap up the episode here, but I just remembered I did promise we were gonna talk about beef cows. So I have oh, one okay. thing about beef cattle I do want to bring up. I this will be right up your alley, so you'll you'll enjoy it. All right. So what's interesting about beef cattle is that like we were kind of talking earlier, cows are not as desirable as bulls because you can get steers and you can produce beef at a much more efficient rate than on a heifer. Heifers Correct. tend to not grow as fast as, as steers and yes. they're, they're harder to regulate their weight with. And, and you know part of that's due to hormones, part of that's due to just... Male-female differences. Yes. Yeah. So there is a, and maybe you've seen this before, um, it, it there was a recent article posted on um, Wired.com. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Wired. They're, I am not. They're a science-based website. but. Cool. Um, I have to look at that then. They're pretty cool. All right. Um, my dad actually showed it to me, um, but I usually check Wired anyway. I just hadn't seen it yet, but it talked about some um, advancements that are being made. In, it's kind of in, in theory right now. It's not a whole lot is, is testable yet, mm -hmm. but kind of the theory is that um, they can create CRISPR cows. So you've heard of CRISPR yes. animals, right? So, I know what CRISPR stands for. Okay, I can't say it, so go for it. Clustered, regularly, interspaced, short palindromic repeats. Okay. I can't do that, but <laughs> yes. <laughs> Terrible <Thank> question. <laughs> yes. So um, so they're trying to create CRISPR cattle. So you know how in the dairy industry, they have sex semen so you can get more females yes. at, at, a, at a Yeah, they pull, uh, they take semen, and the ones that have the X chromosome, mm -hmm. they keep those. Right. And the ones with the Y, they kick them out. Right. It's like 90% so, accurate. It's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah. So they're taking a similar science, but they're altering it a little bit, and they're creating CRISPR beef cattle. And, oh. the, and these CRISPR beef cattle are... Um, it's kind of it's kind of interesting how, how it works. They're, they're taking the SRY gene, so they're isolating the SRY gene out of males, which I'm assuming you know what the SRY gene is. I does. do not. I was okay. just going to ask you what that is. Okay, so the SRY gene is the gene that is, is prominent in male... Cattle. I think it's prominent in males of, of any species, but it might just be cattle. I could be wrong. Okay. Um, I, I'm pretty sure it's most mammals, but correct me if I'm wrong. All but right. basically, it's the gene that uh, demonstrates masculine features. Oh. So the SRY gene is the reason that Sweet. steers and bulls are so muscular and big and strong, whereas heifers are not. They're they're a little bit lankier, a little bit skinnier, and, and they tend to not grow as fast. Right. And so that's why a beef cow versus beef bull pretty massive difference. Yes. Steers can be a little cowish because they're fatter and they don't grow muscle as fast as, as, as a bull because, you know, they don't have testosterone, but right. that SRY gene is what makes them so masculine in a lot of their features. Dang, and cool. so, so what they're trying to do is they're trying to isolate this SRY gene because it's, it's present in all cattle. Every chromosomal, um, uh, sequence has the SRY gene in it. It's just turned off for females. 
So they're trying to turn it on in females. So females exhibit masculine traits like males to make them more productive from a beef standpoint. Wow. Which would be interesting, but my concern with it is, is it going to take away from their reproductive value? Because if they're masculine like males, are they going to be able to carry a, a, a baby as well? Because well, I'm going to come at this from some opposite standpoint. Okay. So they have this new index. Mm -hmm. They call it the whole sim index. Okay. So the problem with the dairy industry is we have too many cows. Right. We got to call them. They got to go to beef. Well, a Holstein calf that gets sent to beef is not going to grow meat on as fast as a beef bowl. Right. Which is, I mean, that's what it is. So what they're doing with this whole sim index, they're taking a Simmental Angus crossbred okay. bull. Mm -hmm. They're mating it with a Holstein female to get a beef calf. Okay. That goes to slaughter. It will gain meat on so, like a beef animal would. Okay. I can see how that would work. Interesting. So mm -hmm. instead of doing the CRISPR gene, you use right. the whole sim index. If you have too many animals, you're trying to sell part of your herd off, or you have an animal that just is not doing so hot. She's right. like the lower end of her life. You breed her... Or she's a good milk producer, not great with calves. You breed her to gotcha. a Simmental Angus cross, gotcha. get a beef animal, get some money out of her, and yeah. she produces milk again. No, that makes sense. And that's a little bit more of a natural take on, on this whole process. Basically, what they're trying to do in the beef industry is they're trying to take... Um, so basically, you can produce with, with males and females, kind of. Oh. And so it's, it's more like... Um, Excuse me. Yeah, no, you're good. So basically, so like, obviously the steers gain, you know, fat and muscle faster than a heifer will. Right. But if they, if they're able to make this, this gene, this SRY gene prominent and actually have it active and to a point where it works just as well as it does in the male, then the heifer will, will grow muscle and fat at the exact same rate that a steer or bull would that have that same genetic sequence. And so basically this is just to kind of basically give more utility to females because females in the beef industry aren't a whole a whole lot of use besides just making more babies. Yeah. Which is kinda sad. Pretty much. Cow, That's what for. cow appreciation day. We don't use beef cows. But um, it's kinda it's true. They They're the baby makers. Right. Poor beef cows. But it's what are you gonna do? Is. That's how they are. But That's what the industry is for though. Right. It it is. And so they're trying to change that to a point where where beef cows can be as productive as beef males. And so I guess that would make sense. It, it makes sense from a commercial standpoint. For the beef industry, though. Right. For the, yes. This is separate from the dairy industry. Yeah. If they were doing this in the dairy industry, you kind of throw some, some, some curves. That would be hard Well, pass. first of all, <laughs> you can't have males that are as productive as females. That's just not biologically well, possible. Well, and but. dairy cows are made to be lean right. and muscular, but lean. Right. So, yeah, we're trying to reverse that onto the beef cows. Because right. beef cows, it doesn't matter how they look as long as they can carry a calf well. Right. So you'd want structure more than anything. Mm -hmm. Which I guess you do in dairy cows as well because they have to be able to carry a calf. But in beef cows, you're not looking for for them to be able to carry milk. You're looking for them to be able right. to just carry an offspring. Yeah, and that's why they usually lower to the ground and you know all that whole lot of factors. They got Anyways, a different structure. They, they got a whole, whole different skeletal system. But um, with with this with this CRISPR cattle idea, the problem they're having with it right now is because the I can't remember her name now. Um, the main lady who does CRISPR, like she's kind of like one of like the head, one of the lead scientists behind all the CRISPR research projects. Okay. She was explaining that at this point in time, their understanding of gene mapping is just about as accurate as having a 16th century map of America. 
So they know stuff that's there, but they don't know a whole lot, and they haven't discovered very much yet. Wow, that's so, very interesting. Right, and so she's kind of explaining that, because the reason that they, that they haven't made much progress on this CRISPR cattle idea is because every time they try to inseminate a cow with the, the, the whatever, you, whatever you want to call it, the zygote, that's been, this, this had this thing turned on, yes. it won't even take. And it's not that the cow is like, it's not like, because I was thinking if they, if they produce a cow like this, the cow wouldn't be fertile because it's got more masculine genes that are, that are kind of suppressing its estrogen levels or something that would cause it to not be as, as fertile. Something would change. They yeah. can't even get the cow to take to the altered the gene. So it's like, they can't even make a, an example for us to try it on yet. That's kind of the, the step one is they have to get the cow to even be able to get pregnant by this thing first. So basically they're... Their theory is that when they turn that SRY gene on, they're turning something else off in, in the um, kind of the fertilization part of the part of the process is, is what their guess is. So like it'll it'll start fertilizing, turn the SRY, uh, SRY gene on, and it stops and it won't go past a certain point, so it will never fully develop. I wonder if in like a beef animal, if it's not turned on until a certain age. That'd be my guess. So I'm not really sure. Um, I have to do more research on that. But yeah, that's kind of the. The problem they're facing right now with with, with CRISPR cattle is I'm gonna have to look at that. They don't know a whole lot about what they're looking at yet, so That's very interesting. Yeah, so I thought that you kind of find that I, interesting. I like so, I like yeah. genetics and so, I like cattle. Yeah, so. so back to back to cow appreciation day, appreciating those cows but making them even more productive. So now we have more love for beef cows because they can produce as much. Well, eventually, hypothetically, they can produce as much as the males. But we love beef cows all the same. We love all of our cows all the same. But. Yeah, so that's going to be about it. Um, a little bit of a lengthier episode, but hey, good. the cows deserve it. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah. So, any other, ladies. any other further comments you have for... Um, just look at what you are buying in the grocery store. Yeah. Um, we have this fact about, like, almonds. Not milk, it's beverage. But <laughs> regardless. Um, when you Polar see it in the grocery store, we have, like, we've read some articles through Dairy Bowl, and... It talks about how um, almond milk, it's, if you take an eight ounce glass of milk, guess how many almonds were used to make that eight ounce glass of milk? I'm gonna say like 20. Three. Four. four. Three to four. That's how many almonds are in an eight ounce glass of almond milk. Really? Has eight grams of protein, so eight and eight. Right. Um, an eight ounce glass of almond milk has one gram of protein. So for the people that think, yeah, the we're almond milk, we're doing great. <laughs> You're really not. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, I just thought of another uh, Mythbuster. Hit me with it. Okay. Um, the Mythbuster I, was, I just thought of, because um, you're bringing up milk and nutritional content and stuff. So, myth or fact, milk contains hormones. Yes, that's definitely a fact, but... All milk contains hormones um, because it is produced by a dairy animal. But for like the RBST free, like if you see that label on there, it's so dumb. I hate that they put that on there. Once the milk is taken from the dairy and goes to processing, it gets pasteurized. A lot of milk also gets homogenized. Pasteurization means it gets heated up to a really high temperature, kills off like 99.9% .9 of bacteria. Right. And that includes like hormones. So yes like there's still hormones in the milk they will do absolutely nothing to you so the myth part i wanted you to kind of debunk is that and you kind of already touched on it but um 
does having hormones in food affect the body? No. Absolutely not. All right. That's all I wanted to know. You could... I learned this in high school in, um, through, and just, I don't know. I learned it sometime during my high school career. You could take an RBST. It's a shot. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you could give yourself the shot. It would do absolutely nothing no to you. Effect, right? Because no it's effect. only for your cattle. It's, right. It's, it's not for you. It's specified to their, to their genetic sequence. So if you so. drink, if there is any sort of hormone in that milk, you will not be affected by it right. at all. And that kind of, which I'm not going to get on a big tangent, but that kind of goes back to the whole idea of things being in our food, you know, whether it be GMOs or antibiotics or pesticides or hormones, there's already all of that stuff in your food before we add it. It's not going to change it after we add it. Right. So, I agree. So, yeah, just wanted that just popped in my head. We have the safest food in the world. We do. Undeniably. We have the strictest regulations. In the world. There's absolutely nothing wrong with your food. And if right. you see a little outbreak on TV, so what? Most of the time it's down to the it's consumer It's rare. Anyway. It's and rare. Yeah, it's down to the consumer. I mean, it's... it's you don't wash your lettuce, and right. then and you're done. Yeah, you're you're chopping up, you know, raw chicken on a cutting board, and then putting your tomatoes on it. You're, no wonder you're gonna get yeah, salmonella. That's exactly. how that happens. But yeah, no, that's uh, we want to we need to have a food safety episode too because that's a whole other topic. That. We could do but, that. Um, yeah, but yeah, so that's I just wanted to wrap it up because we're getting a little bit long here on the episode. But yeah, I just thought of that one. That was good. But yeah, so... If you have any myths, please call us. Yes. If, if you have any myths, if you have any questions about cows, Maybe about... Maybe we could do, like, a myth debunking, yes. like, overall... Just all ag? Yes. Yes. We need, that'd be a fun episode. That would be really cool. I we'll, would really enjoy we'll, that. We'll do that. So we'll do a food safety episode. We'll do a myth-busting episode. You guys are going to see a lot of Abby lately because she's home for summer, so we're going to... For a month. I leave yeah. a month from today. We're going go to uh, milk her dry this summer. Pun, pun intended. That was good. But, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so, uh, yeah, just like to thank all you guys for tuning in. Hope you guys appreciate cows as much as we do because you know cows are awesome. You thank them are. every single day for everything they do. And um, yeah, as, as Abby was saying, pay more attention to what you're eating and what you're drinking and Please. think about the process that your food goes through to get here and thank all if the... If you don't know, ask. Yes. A farmer. Thank, yeah. Ask Not a farmer. like Google. No. Don't ask Google. Don't ask Google. Don't ask the retailer at the store. He doesn't know either. Ask a farmer. Ask a farmer. Ask several farmers just in case. <laughs> If you're really not sure, get a second opinion. But (laughs) we're going to tell you the same thing. Yeah. So, yeah, that's all I've got. That's all I've got. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. It's been a while. It's good to have you back. Um, Yeah, thank all of you guys for tuning in and listening and uh, talking ag with us. And uh, that's it. So don't forget, if you ate today or drank milk, thank a farmer and thank the cows. There's that.